0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Minutes with Mute presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtz here. He's so happy to have you on board, uh, which should be another exciting podcast. First, let me, before we get to Scott Mutrin, uh, you know him from Learfield, BC, sideline reporter. Let me just remind you, if you're a BC football fan, you got to be part of the Gridiron Club. Uh, you talk about it, all the parties, pregame, postgame uh uh, home and away, you—it's the best club to be a part of if you're a BC football fan. That's bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. BC football gridiron club. Okay, with that, we welcome Scott Mutran. Scott, first of all, thanks so much for joining us. Wish it was under better conditions. Uh, no way to spin it. Another tough loss for the Eagles, forty-three to fifteen, uh, down there in uh, Winston Salem to Wake Forest.
1: Yeah. You know, it's uh, one of, another one of those games where you're seeing some positive things and there's some positive opportunities for the Eagles, and then they just don't capitalize on uh, you know, both sides of the football, to be honest. And uh, that's the difference uh, when you're on the road in the ACC playing a top 15 team is that uh, those teams are able to make those plays when they need them, and BC hasn't been able to do that. But the good thing is they've been putting themselves in position to make those plays um there's been some some good moments but uh you know these sprinkle some of the bad moments and some of the unfortunate plays and let's be honest every time bc and wake forest get together it's a uh, weird things tend to happen they should probably play the game on halloween because uh, a lot of a lot of strange things happen in this uh in this rivalry over the years <laughs> uh
0: just First of all, let's. I before we get too in depth in the game, just like to, as a former QB yourself, always like to get Phil Djokovic's perspective. Your, you, the way you thought about his play as a QB uh, yourself, what do you what do you think about how did Phil do? Um,
1: he had some. He had some good moments. Um, you know, I think the protection has caused some some issues with that, and and the biggest thing is they they're. they're inability to consistently run the ball. You watch the, the the game when they play Louisville and they're able to run the football for 150 yards was probably his, you know, minus a couple turnovers, his best statistic game of the year. And that's because he had a running game to help him out. And uh, the inability to just get anything solid going with the running game um, has been, you know, a hindrance because then it puts it all on his shoulders. The defenses know they have to throw to win, and it's a lot different when you make a team one-dimensional um and when teams know that you have to throw whether you get behind or whether it's just because you're just struggling to run the football, um, they're able to to scheme their defenses uh, accordingly. And uh, you know, Phil had a couple you know, a couple great throws down the field to Zay Flowers. What can you you can't say enough about him? Um he's been outstanding this year throughout all of this. He's been like kind of the shining light. Uh I think Phil would probably have like you know, well, he had Zay on the throw that he stepped up in the pocket. I, I want to say it was early in the, the the second or third quarter, maybe even the third quarter, uh, where he just missed Zay, who was wide open coming across the field. And then on another play where one just missed uh, connecting with Pat Garwell, which would have probably been a, a, at least a 40-yard gain, maybe even a touchdown, if he was able to haul that in. So he had some chances. Um the uh, the only turnover that, that they had on a was a fumble that uh, ends up getting recovered by the by the uh, the offense anyways and they scored a touchdown a couple plays later so it was uh, I mean that that game was a that drive that touchdown drive was a you know a microcosm of, of BC's season you have a you know you have the punt where you the you get a fake punt I don't know if it was designed or um, it was just sawn that uh, Dane Longman just takes it up off the field, gets a 20 yard first down. BC's moving. Then they get a couple penalties. Then they get the fumble. Then they get the bad snap. Then they get a penalty. And then they hit a bomb to Zay Flowers for a touchdown. Like it's just, it's one of those things that, and then miss the extra point to follow it off. Uh, I mean, that just BC's kind of season in a nutshell. There's great moments and then there's some ugly moments in between.
0: And then what about the defense side for BC as well? You know, I noticed a lot of big third down, third and 20, in third and twenty-five. I think it was one play, and they just gave up a first down just like that. Um, how do you rate out the BC's defense?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's frustrating, and that's a you know that's a momentum turner right there. You got you got Wake Forest pinned back third and twenty-five. I would. You know, if you want to get into the analytics of third and 25 conversions, I would probably have them in the less than one percentile um, times in which that converted. And then, you know, that leads to a score. And in that point of the game, it's it's a two score game. The Eagles get the ball back and, you know, who knows what happens uh, there, because then. You know, anytime you're playing a team that's, you know, s- supposed to beat you or statistically better than you, the closer you keep the game for the longer period of time, the more that other team starts to, to press and feel, um, you know, that that pressure that comes with it. Um, and then weird things happen. The ball bounces weird. The longer you stay in those games, things tend to happen. And, you know, the good thing is they controlled, BC controlled the running game of Wake Forest uh you know the the stats will show that wake ran you know i think for close to 100 yards but a lot of that didn't come till late in the game and on a big late run when the, the score was pretty much decided so they did a good job um controlling that aspect of their slow mesh running game but uh, sam hartman just made some really big throws in really crucial times for wake forest and uh They they just didn't uh, they just couldn't slow them the entire game and uh, you know it's tough to do in Wake Forest they're gonna get their points I mean they put up 35 versus Clemson so um, they're they're very good offense um, with some very explosive weapons so at some point they're gonna get theirs you just got to be able to either score with them or or turn them over a couple times and you know they do get. Um, an interception, they had an opportunity to recover a fumble inside the red zone. That the, I think the, the next play was a touchdown afterwards. So those plays and those moments are the difference between winning and losing. But uh, you know the efforts there, you're seeing a lot of guys starting to come to the to the forefront. You lose um, Elijah Jones again to an injury, um, and that kind of changed the dynamic of the secondary because now you're playing a couple freshmen out there and Wake Forest went after them as any good team would do is you get backups in and you get young backups in, you're going to target those guys and force them to make plays. And, uh, that's what, that's what Wake Forest did. And, and to, to their credit, they went on a roll there like in the mid third into the fourth quarter where they, they rack up, tw- you know, three or four touchdowns that, that just really put the game away.
0: Just big picture. Now, Scott, I always like to get your perspective because you're down there on, on the field. What, what was, I guess the post game like with coach happily talking to them and, what was the trip like on the way home to Chestnut Hill as, as this season develops now big picture and uh, you know, it's not turning out how anyone wanted it to be, I guess, just to give us a state of the program uh, from inside the ropes a little bit.
1: Yeah. I, I, there's definitely some frustration. These, these guys, coaches and players put in a lot of time and effort um, for this and to not see the fruits of the rewards, especially coming after a bye week where, you know, you felt you have a good plan Offensively and defensively, and for it to not work out is very, very frustrating. Um, so, but the effort's there. No one's, you know, bending the knee. Everyone's, you know, competing and getting out there and and, and doing their best. It's, I think that, you know, on offense, you'd say the toughest part is you're going to go in this UConn game, and based on what it, it you know, you, you're looking and seeing guys, you know, coming in and out. There's probably going to be the eighth different combination going into the eighth game at offensive line. That's tough to do. You ask any team, you ask any coach. Ask Bill Belichick. You know, what would it like be like to play eight different offensive combinations, uh, offensive line combinations in eight games? And he would tell you that's tough to build consistency. Um, Especially with that group, they just rely on each other so much. The communication that goes on there, and that is so imperative to success. And when you're constantly switching guys in and out, it's tough to build any rhythm with that. So. I think they just uh they just need to keep plugging. A lot of these, you know, some of the older players that, you know, if this is their last year or anything, they have NFL aspirations. So there's no if they want to play, you know, they need to put on good tape for some of these teams and they need to keep competing. They need to be good leaders. That stuff matters when, you know, NFL teams come around and for young guys it's valuable reps to gain experience, to to know what needs to be better and to know that um good isn't good enough they need to be great if they want to compete and win in the acc and that's the mindset that they need to have um no feeling sorry for yourself because nobody cares everybody has injuries everybody has bumps and bruises everybody has things that don't go their way and everybody else doesn't really care they just want to see results so it's they got to be able to uh you know get together and and kind of build that level of uh Confidence and, and start building upon that going forward, and, and just find these these small wins and then continue to build on that, and mostly just be consistent. I think that's the probably been the most frustrating thing for them is their lack of consistency on all three phases. To tell you the truth, um, you know I mentioned there were moments, but there need to be more moments uh, for them, and I think they realize that and they're they're working towards that. And and what Jeff Happley said at the end of the game is you know it's not about who they're playing next, it's it's about getting better. And if they get better, um, the results will come. I, I talk about this a lot, whether it's with BC football or even to my kids, it's uh, your process has to be good. You have to have a good process and you have to consistently you know, perform your tasks and, and work at what you're doing and perfect your craft to, to get better. You may not get results from it right away, but if your process is good, the results will come. So I, I agree with Jeff Halfley is that they, you know they, they have to get better, and that comes with you know refining that process and consistently working at it and getting better. And if they do that, then the results will come.
0: Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC Alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Okay, you mentioned, too, this coming up this week, uh, UConn, uh, obviously a team that's struggled in the past, but their head coach, Jim Moore, they're playing better. Uh, your take on this game coming up this weekend and uh, – you know, down here, I'm in the Connecticut area. This is like their Super Bowl playing BC. Uh, it's like they're, you know, yeah. they're going back to the Big East. So, you know, you're, you're going to get a team that's pretty focused come Saturday.
1: Right. It's um, you know, on, on UConn's end, it's their opportunity to show they belong, to show that they're they're coming under Jim Mora and that they're ready to to kind of make that leap and to, to be in another uh, solid team in in New England. That's you know, playing football. BC, it's lose-lose, right? It's like if you win, you're supposed to win. If you lose, you know, then you have to deal with the fact that you're not supposed to lose to UConn, and then they're able to use that as cannon fodder for their recruits and everything that they're moving in the right direction. So, it's, you know, it's I always look at these New England matchups as, you know, whoever you're playing in this area, that it's it's literally there's nothing to gain for BC except except winning, and even if they don't win by enough. Then people are frustrated by that, but um, in the end, it, it's something where BC needs to to come out and just show um, just show the type of team they are and they give to give hope for the for the last couple games of the year. I mean, you look at the schedule and some things you know have changed along the way with some of these teams. NC State is you know out without their starting quarterback for the rest of the year. Notre Dame's struggling. Syracuse just coming off their first loss of the year. Um, so, and then Duke is a up and coming team as well. They had coming off a huge win against, um, Miami. Miami right? yeah. they, you know, so they played really well in the second half of that came, especially in the fourth quarter, turned Miami over a bunch of times. So, um, you never know. You just never know in some of these, in these situations. And they, uh, at this point it's, you, 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 you can't look to, to Duke. They really need to focus on UConn get all their you know ducks in a row and, and go down to, to Connecticut and uh, play a complete game of football where it's not just moments but a complete game.
0: Okay, Scott, last question. What's, what's your plan? How you, how you handling the game day here uh, this Saturday? Uh, you coming in on Saturday morning. What's the plan? The tailgate? Give us the rundown for the UConn game.
1: Yeah, well, since it's a close road game, which they're always enjoyable because um, you can get there pretty quickly. I, I'm going to probably drive down Saturday. Um, get there before the game and uh, head right back. It's a uh, easy commute right down 95. Hopefully, the traffic uh, cooperates with that on my way down. Um, and then uh, head back after the game. Uh, I was, uh, you know, those are some of the games you don't mind traveling to because you kind of control uh, the, you know, the, the, don't get me wrong, the, the traveling the way in which we do when you travel with the team is the way to go. You don't have to wait for. You don't have to wait for connecting flights and other places. You just jump right on with the team, so it's a good way to travel. But when you get these games, or you can just drive to, uh, makes it pretty good. I imagine I'll probably on the way back stop and uh, grab some pizza, uh, whether it's uh, Frank Pepe's or Sally's, which uh, I've I've heard a lot about. So I, I think I'm. I think that's in my game plan for
0: this. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there's a Pepe's in Manchester, Buckland Hills Mall. So that's right on your way home. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll see if I'm going to hit it like if I'm going to go into the mall. I got I got to iron it out and what I really want to do because uh, I, I just got to get it lined up cuz there's other moving parts, got to got to get to other places for other times. So uh we'll see. Uh but uh that's definitely it's on my radar, let's put it that way. Any recommendations from you?
0: Uh coming back from East Hartford uh not yeah i would hit up the manchester area that's what i would do i would like exactly what you're saying the buckland hills has every restaurant you want in that area but there's you know you're east you're already east of the river when the yukon game is so there's not a heck of a lot between there and worcester you know, you know what i'm saying
1: right so what's what's my timing looking like on this like how how long is it going to take to get down on a saturday morning to get to yukon oh
0: very easy uh you, you're in South Shore. You take eighty. You take Mass Pike to eighty four. That's the way you go. Stirbridge, uh, right? You know, I would say two hours at most. At the most, very, very. Just take one twenty eight to ninety to eighty four, and the the stadium's right. right off eighty four.
1: Oh, that's even better. So it's right off the highway. Oh yeah, so is good.
0: you could see it from the eighty four East Hartford. I've,
1: I've, I've seen it when I'm driving in my numerous trips down in New York. I've seen it driving down. So. Um, I've never been to the field, so this is gonna be my first time. Another new stadium, which I always enjoy. It's always nice to go to a place I haven't been. You like to knock off all, all the different stadiums that you get to go to. I, I you know, I still got to get I think eight to nine states before I get all my 50. But I don't anticipate <laughs> us, I don't anticipate us playing Montana, South Dakota, um, Washington, or uh, Alaska anytime soon. But uh, if we do. That'll, that'll kind of help me in, in knocking off some of those states I need to get to.
0: Hey, you, you know, you never know, especially Washington. That'd be great. I've been saying that one forever. Seattle, Boston, that would be a great road trip. I mean, them coming here, I think, for both sides. I thought that'd be a great trip. Who who would have thought, though, Scott? We played in New Mexico State a couple of years ago, right? So you
1: never know. Uh, yeah, I agree. That was an interesting trip, to say the least. But I did get to knock New Mexico off the, 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 <laughs> the state list on that trip. Um so that was nice but uh yeah there's a couple there's a couple there that I haven't been to. Iowa's another one. So I mean that's a, that's a possibility if you get to the Big 10. So um there you go. We'll see. Uh we shall see.
0: Well Scott, it's always a pleasure to see you. I'll see you this weekend for sure. I'll make sure to see you on Saturday and uh hope we got it's time for a W. I, I say that every week but you know, we get BC's got to get on the W side.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, it's amazing what one win can do, right? It's just, uh, it can, everything tastes better, everything looks better, everything feels better, your body doesn't hurt as much. Um, wins are, uh, and it's like I mentioned before, it's not easy to win in college football. People make it look easy, but um, they just see the score and they don't realize all the other stuff that goes with it. So uh, I, I think it's, uh It's important for them to get that win and to to get going in the right direction and then see what happens. I mean, you just never know uh, what one win can lead to and you get some confidence behind yourselves and realize that, hey, this process is right. This is the effort and time I need to put in to do it and my technique is good, my skill set's good and uh, let's build upon that and then build some positive momentum.
0: There you go, Scott. I love the positivity. Thank you so much for coming on we appreciate it and uh, let's, let's get a W.
1: Absolutely, Mike. Just remember that negativity doesn't solve anything, right? You got to be positive and always move forward. The negative stuff is just bad energy. You got to keep the good energy in no matter what because uh, the negative energy doesn't solve anything and it doesn't help anything.
0: Well said on a rainy week. Start early part of this week. Well said. Thanks, <laughs> Mike. Okay, Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Image Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.